I go Where the fire serve cold But the wolves and the hawks never shiver in the snow The bulls keep it running The socks run the south The cubs run the north But the bears run the house True Chicago sports fans got their ears to the street Any team make a move and they never skip a beat And in this house, this is where we be Welcome to the show with E-Rock and Big Z Welcome, welcome, welcome to Chicago Coming from the True Chicago Sports Fan Cave This is a TCSF podcast with your host E-Rock and Big Z. Yeah. This is episode 16, brought to you by Noir Caesar, Villain Radio Studios, and Grit Clothing Company. That's right. This week in 3 and Out, our Bears analyst Ill Brown gives us his X's and O's on a Monday night Bears game in La La Land (laughs) versus the Los Angeles Rams in that new stadium. It's so pretty. It's so pretty. And we look ahead to next week's home game versus the New Orleans Saints. They don't do all that well up here, so... Uh, Yeah, every time we say that, they kick our butt. Not up here, though. Yeah. Not up here. (laughs) Oh, boy. Anyways, let's move on. Uh, And, hey, don't forget, this week we have part two of our interview with our guy, Ozzy Guillen Jr. Yeah, he's our guy now, right? Yeah, he's our guy now. Yeah, he's a a TCSF... (laughs) podcast guy now uh ozzy gave us a little shout out on his show on friday because you know we like to watch and comment on his stuff Let's that's keep, right yeah keep him in line a little bit sometimes <laughs> so, um so yeah he gives a little shout out which is much appreciated thank you ozzy yes absolutely um, you can check out the show being Gian on la vida baseball uh ozzy jr along with his brother oni and his dad ozzy senior discussed the world of baseball and the relationship with the game awesome but first this is The Loop, our Chicago sports roundup where we keep you in this the loop. This is Chicago. Doors open on the left at Chicago. Welcome to Chicago. Welcome, welcome to Chicago. Welcome to Chicago. This is Chicago. Doors open on the left at Chicago. All right, E, what's up first? Cubs, 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 Cubs. Uh, Cubs news? Where's the money? Where's the money? The Cubs seem to be I don't in wanna financial distress. I don't want to hear about the Cubs have no money. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to hear about the Cubs have no money. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to hear about the Cubs have no money. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to hear about the Cubs have no money. Cubs have no money. Cubs have no money. Cubs have no money. I don't want to hear about the Cubs have no money. Um, so here's the thing. So this was back in uh, August when it was first reported on The Athletic. Right. Um, they said that the Cubs have laid off, or they're at least waiting until the end of the season, to lay off more than 100 employees, many of which held key roles in the team's recent success. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking about guys like scouts, baseball ops guys, um, you know, important guys to the team. I think it, what, it, what it sounds like is they're going to restructure everything. It sounds like they paid a lot of money for all the improvements. Mm-hmm. And now money, that they're done, and now that they're done, and they have a whole season with no money coming in. I mean, you know, Theo, you know, he mentioned in the end of a Zoom call at the end of the season Zoom call, and basically blamed it on the lack of revenue due to the COVID nineteen pandemic. I don't want to hear that. What about the years you've owned the team and you had record numbers of revenue? Um, I'm pretty sure you made a lot of money in 2017. Okay, they've also said that their budget for all the improvements doubled. Hundred percent. Okay. Uh, okay, but there's there's something you got to say. For and that. you got to pay for uh, you, you got to pay you Darvish and you got to pay Hayward. Well, I, I don't want to hear that. There's the baseball <laughs> operational side, which is one side of it, and then there's uh-huh. 
there's the uh, improvement side of the, the structure, and, and you're trying to improve the entire neighborhood. Why is that coming out of your baseball operation? This is this is what I will say, and I've, I've said this over and over again because people talk about how, um, you know, well, how, how is it possible that a millionaire can, can you know, uh, go bankrupt or when you had, like, football on strike or baseball on strike, and this is you got guys taking out loans. Remember a couple of years ago, you had a lot of rookies from, I want to say it was football, um, it was a football or basketball. It was it was one of these leagues that were on strike, and they were talking mm-hmm. about I had to I had to borrow money from this guy, that guy, whatever. So they're like, "Well, how you make all this money?" I says, "Let me tell you something. If you work in the United States or half the world, the Western world, okay, a lot of people live pay to, paycheck to paycheck. Yes. Now, just because you make more than I do, you might still live paycheck to paycheck. Right. Yeah. Most you rely on that right. money. It's mm-hmm. not about responsibility. If I say that every you know third whatever every i know that this check my mortgage is coming out of this check and my other but that's a cost of living that, that's, that's your cost of living and that's fine right but this is my point if you know that i get a check on the 15th and the 30th and on the 15th and the 30th I, I pay my mortgage on the 15th i pay my other bills on the 30th all of a sudden that money's gone that you that money's gone so my point is, is that, and that's fine but that's that goes back to the thing I just said. If I already told you that my improvement budget already doubled, where's that money coming from? The money's coming from the when when they came out and they said. Now, I, obviously, I'm not looking at their books. I I don't. I, I mean, I, I have I have a hard time adding. Okay, so <laughs> I'm not going to talk about numbers here. But my point is, is that if you're looking at the fact that they're already telling you, number one, most of our they said 70 percent of the revenue goes back into the team. Yes. Okay. 70% of the revenue go back in the team. That means that 30% of the revenue goes into whatever else you need to, whether it goes Opera, to yeah, ops, cost. whether it right. goes to um, building what they did, when, mm-hmm. when you have all the stuff that they built up around the, the stadium. Right. That looks completely different. I kind of miss, miss the old McDonald's. It was all scummy, you know, yeah. and, and the Taco, Bell, Taco and the, Bell. But <laughs> I, I will say they did a really good job of improving the area and it's all the beautiful. stuff that's around there. It's, it's great. It's a great, nice family uh, feel atmosphere where you don't necessarily have like the drunk guy peeing on the side of the the stadium anymore. They brought the team a World Series. The fact of the matter remains is that that money had to come from somewhere. Okay, yeah. so now I mean, I, I, like I said, I don't look at the numbers. I don't know how where how all that works. But if they're crying poor. Then where that money had to have gone somewhere, and now you got an entire 162 uh, game season. Whether you're including um, your your merchandise, whether you're including your um, your revenue that comes from the uh, concessions, the ticket sales, the second market ticket sales, whatever it may be, yeah, anything that's outside of general seating tickets. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't oh, that doesn't oh. include the luxury box. General seating that's tickets. What I'm saying. That's part of MLB's revenue. Okay, so, so that's split between the teams and revenue, and the, that's a share revenue. Nobody, part. nobody's Anything coming into that? your stadium. I get that. I get that. So that money is but not there. Made where money. Be. So two thousand seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. Where all that money has been put back into the stadium? All that you, you know you're much? telling me they're not putting the money to save. Where? That's uh, what I'm saying. I. That's I what I'm saying. It. I don't. See I mean, it. look. Here's the thing. What did Rickett say? He goes, the scale of losses around the league is biblical. We don't we don't have an inside track to look at the books. We don't know what the true numbers are. No, we don't. So my point is that the way that it looks, you finally completed a major project. And right when you complete it, and now you have to look at who you're going to pay. Mm-hmm. You're going to have you look at uh, pay, trying to pay 
all of your uh, contractors that have been working on all this stuff, right. okay? Now, you don't want to welch. There's someone very famous that, that uh, lives uh, in the United States right now who is really uh, infamous for doing that kind of thing. Projects completed and, and not paying them. Yeah, leave it hanging. Hmm, yeah. I don't know who that is. Yeah, We're yeah. not going to get to that. <laughs> but my point is, is that right now you, ha- you still have to figure out what are you going to do with the guy like Chris Bryant? Are you going to pay him? What are you going to do with uh, your boy? Because I don't know who this guy is. Ednel Javier Baez. Who's that? That's yeah, exactly. I, I'm not. Even, I'm not even calling that dude by his nickname because I have no idea. I have no idea who that player was that I watched in 2020. Oh boy! But what I'm saying is you that think they took down the sign. Who, the hey, look, man, I don't know. No, at Humble Park, bro. No, come on, bro. He's God. Come on, bro. Over He's there. God over there. He, he got the MLB logo, and you know, bro. Come on, <laughs> bro. <laughs> There's so many things I want to say right now. <laughs> All right, well, we're we're gonna move on because we have a good baseball uh, segment coming up next week that. We're gonna uh, dive into. So uh, let let you know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna switch over to the Let's west go. side of Chicago. West side. That's right. Over on Damon and Madison, mm-hmm. from over my hood. Uh, the Bulls. Oh, uh, yeah. We got some chatter, man. We got some chatter. So th- there's some chatter. Of what they're gonna do with this number four pick? I mean, you got new administration up on top. You got a new coach. Mm-hmm. He already cleaned house with the coaches. He did. So there's a possibility that they're talking about moving up. And there's a couple teams out there, but I'm just going to focus on one, Mm -hmm. the Warriors. You know the Warriors are stacked. Mm -hmm. And they got the number two pick in the draft. So Of course they do. Right. The rich get richer, right? (laughs) Of course they do. All right. So here's what I propose. The Bulls get Wiggins from from the Warriors and their their second pick. Okay. They're going to give up. Well, let me just give you Wiggins because you gave me your, your eyebrows just raised up. Mm-hmm. All right. Wiggins averaged 21 points per game, 5.1 rebounds, uh, 3.7 assists, almost a steal a game, and a block a game. Okay. He shot forty five, almost 45% from the field. Okay. 33% from the arcs, 70 from the free throw line. So he's a decent wing guy. He, he's, a, he's a decent player. I don't think he's worth what he but originally was drafted to be. No, I, no, I get it. What, what, they, what did they get rid of then? You're unloading salary, but at the same time, you're going to be giving up your your uh, first round pick. So they're giving up number four. They're giving up number four for the okay. number two, and they're going to give up their second round pick because the Bulls have never picked anybody good in the second round. Otto <laughs> Porter Jr. and Daniel Gafford. What do you think, he? Um, so you're basically moving up two spots. You're bringing in Wiggins. You're giving up Gafford, who we don't know who what he we don't know is what he's going to be, right? And you give up uh, my boy Lionel Richie. Lionel Richie. <laughs> You know, all night long. All night long. All night long. <laughs> guess what? I would love to see him play all night long, but he ain't played for half the night. Oh my goodness! He, since he's been here, he's been injured. You know what right. I mean? For the most part. <sighs> I mean, look, we, we're looking at a draft where we didn't see the tournament. Unknowns. We didn't see the old, tournament whatsoever. Right. A lot of you unknowns. Got, you got a lot of unknown players in, in this in this draft. If you talk to our boy Mike Logic, you know he's going after Lonzo Ball's little brother. Oh, um, you know he. I mean, he's in love with the Ball's family. <laughs> <laughs> but so I mean that would have been his pick. I mean you got a lot of guys sitting there. I think like one through like four or five. It's, it's kind of the same yeah, guy. You don't know what you're gonna get. Like I said, you it's a get, mixed bag of balls, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's a ball bag. Um, yeah. So look, look if you're if if you're looking at you get your pick of one of those first five players, and you get Wiggins back, who could help your team. And you get rid of Porter Gafford. We like I said, we don't know a lot yet. Right. But then you got that second round pick. I mean, they're gonna have to spend a little bit of money here. 
and bring in another player, see who they can get in free agency too. So I mean, give you know, hell, why not? Why Chris not? Paul? You you bring in you bring in Wiggins for a fresh start over here. Um, Chris Paul. Chris, yeah, Chris Paul. I mean, the good uh, mentor. Good mentor. You still put I, up numbers. I like I like Chris Paul as a mentor, but I also think that and his, and his common uh, there's a common thought around the league, or at least in in our circles here, that think that Chris Paul would kind of over be he would kind of overtake that spotlight when From we the coach we, well no we no, they re, work together they they do but we really kind of want Kobe White to be able to shine on his own and I gotcha, think gotcha, coming gotcha. into his second mm-hmm. year I think mm-hmm. that's that, that's the goal with him yeah you know he cut up well he, he we thought he cut off all his hair because he did that one uh video I, where I looked, thought he did bro, man I was, I was like, like whoa man I can't grow hair and you cut yours off but I was such an insult man I was so upset <laughs> but yeah I mean I I think with that I I don't I'm not against Chris Paul um and I, and because he he worked well with Billy Donovan uh, and OKC, I don't know. I mean, I'm not I'm not completely against the move, um, but you know, I, I I don't know. I don't know. You you want as many picks as possible, but I mean, I think you can, if you can move up two picks. Uh, last time the uh, Chicago team had the number one, number two pick, it didn't <laughs> didn't work out too well. No, no it didn't. <laughs> it did not. It all, left, right, it, all right, all right, all right. It left us empty. Let me go to another team by the same owner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. The White Sox officially interviewed Tony Oldest Dust LaRusa, who hasn't coached since 2011, has and, been bouncing and, around the league as a special advisor. Yeah, special advisor. I mean, he was to losing teams. He hasn't coached since, since 2011. He was born in 1911. So I don't know what he's still doing in baseball. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Let's not beat a dead horse with all this speculation. <laughs> <laughs> on who the next manager is going to be. Because you know what? They're not going to make a decision until after the World Series. As of right now, today, Sunday, they're still playing uh, Go Dodgers. So, <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not if the Rays have anything to say about uh, that. That game yesterday. Oh, my God. That was Hey, that was a great ending. That was a great ending. No, That's not a, for the Dodger fans. That was a great ending in, in baseball history. Oh, we're, no, no. We're, we're talking about Hands game, down, we're talking about game four of the World Series. There was the only two other times in baseball history where a team came down, came and came up and won from two runs down in the in the ninth inning ninth to come back and win on a walk off. Yeah. Now that's that's a world, world salad dad. Technically, it wasn't a walk off. I mean, it is. They walked off a winner. Yeah, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> Technically, it wasn't walk off. They walked you know off they, with a win. Just give me the news about in South Bend, man. Bro, college, college, we got some. No, no hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we jump, <laughs> I'm not done talking about Tony LaRusso's old ass. What is going on over here? Look, man, I, what did I tell you? I told you, who who who's going to be the next manager of the White Sox? You who, said you said Alex Hinge. No, AJ Hinge. Now, AJ Hinge. I, you think about Alex Cora and AJ yeah. Hinge. You want hey, we you combine want them combo. both? That'd be Wait, awesome. Can we get a combination of both? <laughs> can I just get the part of each who didn't cheat? That's it's gonna be the the twenty twenty one Chicago Astros. Oh, hey, well, they got they already got uh, the the bearded one. Yeah. Um, well, look, AJ Hinge. That's yeah. the guy. Um, you know, we talked to we talked to uh, Ozzy. Yeah. Junior and he talked about Ozzy Senior not being the guy, and they appreciated that. You know, we'll we'll, we'll finish up that interview this week. Um, so y'all can can check that out and, and listen to what he had to say, but AJ Hinch is my guy, man. I'm telling you, that's that's who I think should be the guy. But here's the thing, too. Go ahead. I have heard people say, "Is he really that great of a coach, or did he just kind of inherit? Yes. Right, right. He inherited a good team, right? So he hasn't proven to me that he's a good coach because he had a grinny record, and you know he advanced far, but." Right. You also had a star-studded team because I mean, if and, we, your, and your team was cheating. If we're talking about dust, we'll go back to Dusty. 
Who, and, no, and, no. No, listen, what did, what, did they, what did that team do? What did that team do this year? They made it to the ALCS and they make it, made it interesting. Mm-hmm. You know what without I mean? cheating. Right, with, well, without cheating because they couldn't. You right. know what I mean? So, I mean, like, is it the team or is it the coach? Again, I, that's, it's a good team down there. Yeah, it, yeah. Houston has a good team. Now, they're going to have a bunch of free agents and a lot of holes in their lineup now yeah. because um, some of these players might move around. Now, right. while you're saying A.J. Hinch coming to the White Sox, this is where I'm apprehensive, and I don't want to dive in too much in this because I want it for next week. I'm yeah, saving we're, it for we're going to do a deep dive into yeah. baseball next week. But I'm just going to say, me a teaser. Yeah, uh, your boy who's going to win the Cy Young Award. Yeah, I know. Uh, the National I know. League, Trevor yeah, Bauer. No, I know. We'll, so he's been very outspoken yeah, about right. the Astros cheating. Right. Like until last week, he's still calling cheaters and saying this. And right. That. So if you get AJ Hinge. There's right. no possible way right. you get this ace on, on the White Sox. Right. And I'd rather have the ace because players play. I mean, I, I get it, but then, but then, yeah. yeah I'm look, sorry. Players I'm not, play. Look, we're, we're, we're going to hold off the rest because I don't want <laughs> to give it, I don't want to give away the whole bag right now. But That's right. We'll argue next week. It's we, all good. Once, once we get into our baseball, because we got a lot of baseball talk to go still. Yeah. Uh, once, once the World Series is, is finished up and we know exactly who's going where or who we think is going to go where. Um, we'll go into that. But what I want to do now is I want to get over into some of the college game. Um, we got a couple squads here, our local college football teams. Uh, first off, I'm talking about my Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Played like a champion. That's, yes, they did. They did. Uh, it was all Irish in the game against the Pitt Panthers. Ian Book came up. He threw for 312 yards and nice. three touchdowns and they completely steamrolled Pitt on their way to a 45 to 3 victory. Was Wanstead uh coaching the the Pittsburgh Panthers? No, it? but he was definitely in the background, <laughs> you know, shaking his fist and saying these darn guys. Uh, man, how does uh, that guy he, I, he still sounds like like he's on the Bears. Yeah. That he's the coach of the Bears. He's this guy that puts like an S at the end of every word when he talks about his kid. He goes, "Yes, my daughters." <laughs> My daughter, I got three daughters and two sons, and uh, they watch the football. This guy, I, I, I love, I love Southside Chicago, man. Bro, he's a great football mind. But um, yeah. hey, look, so the, beat, <laughs> the Irish beat up on Pitt. It's a good look for the Irish, but this is what they do. They pick on crappy teams. Uh, just wait till they got to play Clemson on November seventh. Oh my God! You know, you know, I love the Irish, but that's gonna be a bloodbath. You're gonna watch that like the little scared girl watching a horror movie with one eye open and your hand over your face, like, oh my God, oh my God. No, I'm gonna. <laughs> uh, that's. I told you I'm not gonna watch that game. I'm gonna watch the low lights later on on Sports Center. I can't watch that stuff. Da-da-da. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but next up for uh, Notre Dame is Georgia Tech, who Clemson just put up seventy three points on a couple weeks ago. Yeah, but don't don't snooze on Georgia Tech because they're they have a pretty good program. But I mean, Clemson is like literally almost an NFL team right now. Right now, they go in and out. I mean, the last two quarterbacks, okay, blah blah blah. But either way, I mean. Clemson still put up 73 points on right. him, and I want to see if the Irish has enough fight in them. Yeah, we'll see. To put up a similar score. Yeah, put up their Dukes. Put up your Dukes. All right, what you got going on in uh, Evanston there? Ooh, Evanston, the men in purple. The yes, pur- sir. The purple haze. I don't know. What's their nickname? I mean, they're the Wildcats, but do they have any other nicknames? Uh, the Fighting Fitzgeralds. <laughs> hey, those, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> Look out for the meme, people. Look out for the meme. Coming soon. Yeah. Uh, speaking of blowouts, so the Big Ten football is Back. Finally. Yes. After several time, after saying several times that they would not play, the mm-hmm. Big Ten got their pop up 
together and their season got going. They're crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't want to say. <laughs> <laughs> Our local Big Ten team. That's what they like to tell us. They're a local Big Ten team, the, I mean, the, the Northwestern Wildcats. Why are they not a Big Ten team? They are. They said our local Big Ten yeah, team. Local, Evanston. That's what I'm saying. I mean, you're counting South Bend. It's a whole different state. Yeah, but South Bend, like Chicago is full of Cubs and Irish fans. What I'm saying is that my point, sir, yes. is that Northwestern beats that drum pretty hard to make sure we know that they are our local yeah. Big Ten team. Yeah, they do. Sir. It's all marketing. All right. All right. So Northwestern had a great showing right out the box. Uh, beating up on Tua Tagabuwa Bubba Papa, little <laughs> Tua, brother. Tua, Tua, <laughs> it's Tua, man. Just say Tua. All right. Tua's little brother. Ta- Taulia. Taulia. Jesus Christ. Bro, All these vowels. They're Hawaiian. Last week, no vowels. This week, <laughs> uh, And the Maryland ter- Terrapins by the final score, 43-3. to That sounds like a Notre Dame score. Yeah. Do they play this year? I don't think so. No, they don't because they're not crossing streams this year. Uh, no purple and gold? Mm-mm. Mm, okay. All right. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Northwestern finished uh, the game with 537 total yards. Jeez. Can we hire some of those guys on the damn Bears team? <laughs> uh, including 325 yards. Wait, am I reading this right? 325 yeah. yards rushing? Read it how it's written. That's it. Yes, I wrote it right. Yes, you did write my promo. I mean, your right yeah. section this time. Yeah, man, this one, yeah. Are you kidding me? 325, bro. Can we just take 100 and put it on the Bears team? These guys. That, I, look, if we could get like 25 of those yards rushing on the Bears, that'd be great. Because, I mean, I think our that, high this year was 58 yards. Right. So, we're still not 100. All right. Nine players, including Peyton, uh, quarterback Peyton Ramsey, had a rushing attempt. That, that's what it is. They spread the ball. They spread the ball, man. Yeah. I'm a big fan of, of Pat Fitzgerald. Uh, I mean, He's we awesome. both are, actually, because, you know, yeah. we went to Lane Tech, and it's going to – we have a little bit of a fond memory. Uh, when the they play, uh, USC played uh, – Jesus, why am I jumbling this so, up? So when – How about you take over? Take <laughs> so, over. All right. Buddy. So Pat, Pat Fitzgerald was on the, the uh, Northwestern yes. Wildcats team. Back when we were in high school. In 96, right. when we went to Lane, and he was on the team that went to the Rose Bowl and – Unfortunately, got their butts kicked against USC, but yeah, they got there though. But we were we were, we were actually geeked. we were geeked so, about that. So it was cool because I was on uh, I was in ROTC. Okay, and USC came to the field and practiced, and we were uh, because the, the ROTC was under Underneath. the stadium, yep. mm-hmm. so we we could pop out and and it sucked because I wanted to be in gym. I I did not like being ROTC. Anyone that was physical an RO with education me, class, sir. Everyone that was an RO with me knows how much I hated it. I hate shining the brass. I'm like, why? This is I'm supposed to be playing basketball. Why am I? Why am I doing another class? But my pops really wanted to be in the military, and guess what? I didn't do. I went. I didn't go to the military at all. But. Um, but I remember being there and we could pop out the other side to enter the stadium because we right. came from outside and we went underneath and we would pop out there. And I remember giving some of these USA, USC players so much crap and they were flipping us off. And I'm like 16. I'm this little kid. And I'm like, yeah, you guys suck. Because, you know, I mean, like it took, <laughs> it took a while for me to grow into a full grown man. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like I, I look, Pat's. Pat Fitzgerald is a super guy, uh, super cool guy. Go Cats! That's all he ever says. Is go go cats. cats! Every time he takes go a breath, it's Go Cats. Go when cats. he takes a crap, he goes Go Cats. Go cats. And I'm like, you know, I'm wondering, <laughs> I'm wondering if he like meows in his sleep or go what. Cats. But guess what? Fitzgerald is a really 
uh, cool dude. He, he played here, and I'm, I'm always rooting for them. Uh, great fond memories of our high school years, and that was a pretty cool little nugget to uh, have an actual really good team. Yeah. Show up on Lane Texas. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had a dig. We, we never had a good team. We, I mean, we were de- we were decent, decent, but I mean, like, do you remember that much about Lane Tech football when we were there? I remember going in, like... I mean, I would go to the pep rallies and yeah, some of the games, there were girls. But... <laughs> like, are there girls? Yes. Duh. Are you going to be there? Yes. yes. Right, that's cool. wh- why, because they're girls. That's how That's how high school went. You just follow the girls. Mom, around. can you get $1.25? <laughs> Why? Because I'm gonna take the CTA up to yeah. Lane Tech and watch a game. I, I need a I need a token and a bus pass. <laughs> I need the reduced fare. We had them flimsy little passes. You remember the blue with the picture on them, bro? I I used to put duct tape or not duct tape, clear tape all over it. And oh cut, yeah, oh cut it out a hundred times. I'm sure I got one somewhere here. Yeah, I got one too. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll be back after a word from our sponsors. This is Chicago. Doors open on the left at Chicago. Welcome to Chicago. Welcome to Chicago. Hey, true Chicago sports fans, show off your Chicago pride with some fresh gear from Grit Clothing Company. At Grit Clothing, they create simple, classic clothing that represents their Southside Chicago lifestyle. With products like hats, t-shirts, hoodies, and glassware, Grit has everything you need to represent your Chicago pride. Check out GritClothingCo.com and use the promo code TRUEFAN15 for 15% your entire order. That's GritClothingCo.com and use the promo code TRUEFAN15. Welcome back to True Chicago Sports Fan Podcast with E-Rock and Big Z. That's right. Are you ready for some football? I am. It's time for Bears Talk. This is Three and Out. All right, E. I know, I know we're going to flip it up this time. Let's start with the defense, man. What uh, you got? Defense, defense. Uh, defense is good as they normally are. Not a whole ton that they, they did, you know, different than what they normally do. Um, gave up a little bit more points. Ben don't break, but they broke a few times. Um, Rams end up with 371 yards. Uh, that's because the Bears retired. Um, that defense was out there all night long. All, all night. Um, <laughs> 200, 210 yards passing from, you know, a very average quarterback on the Rams. Um, they gave up a lot of rushing yards, 161. Um, you know, they, they forced five punts. Um, time of possession was was about equal yeah, between the two. Yeah, it was even. Um, third down efficiency for the Rams, four of 13. So, I mean, they did their job when it came to that. But not all is well on the, on the defensive front. When we're talking about an ugly game, I'm going to talk about a lot of ugly things today. How ugly? Uh, as ugly as Akeem Nicks, or Hicks, <laughs> Hicks, Akeem Hicks. This big, goofy man. Look, I like Hicks. He's he's very in his own feelings. I think it'd be good to hang out with him and drink forty beers 40 and have beers. chicken wings. But here's the problem: I think he had forty beers and them wings before the game today. Oh boy! Because he kept making mistake after mistake after mistake and grinning and smiling about it like it's no big deal. That's that's a problem. Yeah, I don't know if he's taking this seriously. I think he's just like yeah, I'm going to go through the motions. Did he uh, have a lot of fun in La La Land? I, I don't know what he was doing out there, but he he uh, number one when they. Um, when the Rams fumbled the ball, what did he do? Ran away from the ball. 
He just stood there. He could have picked up he that ran, fumble. You you see him running through the screen. You see him running through the screen. You know, you know, there's that that meme where the kid said something. He's like, and everyone's like, "Oh snap!" And then the one kid comes across the screen with his hands on his face. That's what Hakeem Hicks, Hicks uh, Akeem Hicks looked like running across the screen. And when that ball's on the ground, he's like, "Oh, my, you know, it was like keep away, get away from the ball." You maybe, know, maybe we need to paint some chicken wings on that football. <laughs> I don't know. Look, this, <laughs> <laughs> this man sat there, and and when uh, he had a dog pile, he just had bad bad penalties. I mean, I don't know what if he was frustrated. What his problem is? D- to be honest, the whole team is undisciplined. Let, let's just be no, honest. No, but he's number one. Well, well, he's number one because not, there's got to be a leader in everything. <laughs> <laughs> you you can't you can't be the un, the leader in being undisciplined and un, and and Hakeem Hicks is the one number one undisciplined player because the rest are quiet. He you can't be loud. You know I, I don't know man. He's he's a frustrating. I like him, but he's very frustrating. All right, what week is this? What seven? We're going into week eight, I believe. So this is week seven. This is game seven, mm-hmm. right? You put that on a coach on being an undisciplined team. You don't. You put that on Hicks because Hicks been like that his whole career. His whole career. This is a grown man. We're not talking about little kids here. A grown. He's a, he's a grown man. All right. The other thing, too, is Gibson, man, you should have caught that ball. What are you doing? What are you doing? Swatting at the ball, playing volleyball? Catch the ball, man. That's a that's an easy six right there. Well, how long have we been saying we need some lovey back? Well, what is it? A little we're, bit of lovey? A little that's, bit of lovey. We need a little bit of lovey. That's our, that's our boy's phrase there. You know, the, the thing, we find the one good thing about the defense is that Ejax finally got his touchdown when it was yes. the most pathetic touchdown. Yes. I don't even count that touchdown. You know what I mean? Realistically, this is a twenty-four to three game. That's what this game was, which is pathetic. If it's, you're, it's awful. You're holding you're holding their offense to you know around twenty points a game. You should be winning. We've been saying this for what seven weeks now, right? There's no excuses anymore, right? So when we when we in Chicago are saying this is the worst five and one team, and now the nation knows it. Yep. Guess what? There's a, there's a reason why we're saying it. There's a reason why the fans are saying it. There's a reason why the national pundits are saying it. There's a reason why a lot of these uh, uh, talk shows about football had the the uh, clean sweep when they picked the Rams uh, to win this game. Oh yeah, it's a oh, lot yeah. of you know what I mean. We're like, oh, they they don't respect us. They don't. Okay, well, show that you deserve respect. That offense is not respectable. Nah, as simple so, as that. So what we're gonna do now? Is we're not even going to go into offense. We're going to go straight to. We, there's no first down, second down. This is all fourth down. So we're <laughs> going to go straight to Will. We're going to bring him in, and we're going to talk about all this. I, I, I mean, I don't know about you, Will, but I'm about, I'm ready to rant. What's up with you? Yeah, I think I, I think I'll be getting in my bag this evening. That's 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 what the young Woo. that's what the young kids uh, say. <laughs> yeah, all right, the young the young let, young fellows out there. All right, let let me start you off. Inept offense. Again, no running game. And nope. I know we talked about that, that we may now have the offensive line for a running game, but this is the NFL. Yep. No, not all the guys on the on the offensive line are all specialized in passing. Right. I'm pretty sure they've run block sometime in college, sometime in, in high school, peewee, somewhere, you know, on Madden. I don't care. 49 rushing yards. Yeah. Well, Monty 14 stands for 49 rushing yards. The offensive line is not creating holes for him. And then he's stopping, going, stopping, going. Yo, I, that was so frustrating. <laughs> I mean, like, and, and I talked about him being a Le'Veon Bell-style running back. He's looking for the hole. Looking for, you're in the open space. Why are you stopping flat? Jump forward, dive forward, fall forward, do yes. something. He's standing there looking at it. What are you doing? Yeah, but you know what? The play calling doesn't help. I mean, you're, you're, every time he's back there, they know it's a run. 
Yeah. Well, what's up with this running game, man? Yeah. Uh, Preach. At this point, Matt, Matt Nagy's offense, I don't know what they're doing in, in, you know, in film. I don't know what they're doing get, when it's time to come up with He's them. not looking at film. I don't, no. I don't know what they're no, doing. Come on, Will. He's not even looking at film. Nah, that's, that's you know, BS. Don't, he, don't be He should be looking at Sean don't, McVay's don't film. Don't be a meathead now. <laughs> don't, don't be a meathead. <laughs> they're watching film. We, we, they're watching they're, film. They're, they're watching they're, tons okay, of film. Okay, but guess what? And I, Some, Sometimes I watch TV and I don't pay attention to what happened. Look, man, they're watching film. <laughs> it's just a, one of those things where Ryan Pace is going to have to come down and save his own job. Take the clipboard from Matt Nagy, man. Please. Somebody. Take the clipboard from him, Matt. I'm pretty sure DeFilippo, Laser, could call a better game than that, man. It's like, it's what, like. What is the what is the deal with um, Patterson? He's not a running back. I, I don't like him on offense whatsoever. What do you what think? You, He's got a bromance. What, what you're seeing is Matt Nagy's ego getting the best of him. Yes. Trying to be, be cute, trying to shore up positions. I mean, let's be real. We don't have – we need an entire overhaul on offense. Yes. Oh, yeah. Period. Where's Lamar Miller? Where's Lamar Miller? We picked him up. Why, why are we not using him? I don't I, – I'd rather use him than Patterson. I don't care if you, you have Reggie Miller. You're not, <laughs> you're not, you're not getting no yards on with this O-line. They – they refuse to call enough runs for these guys to get in the rhythm to run block like I've right. always talked about. It's like the play calling is so erratic. I don't know who can do what. Nothing smooth. I don't know who can do what. There's no rhythm. There's no rhythm. Like, There's no rhythm in this Like offense. you just mentioned Montgomery kind of being hesitant. Like when you got Aaron Donald literally trying to steal the handoff, Mm-hmm. He's in the <laughs> he's, he's in the huddle. He's in the huddle. It's, it's like he's he's just like yo. This is this is unlike any level of football I've ever played at because nothing works. Mm-hmm. And it just it's just the thing is they, they, they took they took the defensive lineman Rashad Coward and put him on the offensive line, and he can't play there either. <laughs> it's foolishness. It's like you got a guy. They play the. You got, remember the Titans kind of. You thing. got Alex Bars. Mm-hmm. Who, who's played in Notre Dame, who in uh, relief duty once uh, Daniels got injured, looked okay. Like, give me the guys right. that have been the offensive linemen their whole life. I don't need no right. no project, no... Dude, you look, you're talking about a 5-1 team, whether it's a terrible 5-1 or lucky 5-1, whatever you want to call it. It's hard to be 5-1 in the NFL. So this is this is what I'll, I'll this is what I'll call it right now, and and I said it when I went live after the game yesterday. I says they're winning by hook or by crook, and it seems like all five of them ones came by crook because if it wasn't for DeAndre Swift uh, dropping that ball in the first right. game, yep. that's a loss. If it wasn't for uh, Matt Bryan and the uh, Falcons just completely falling apart like they're really very well known to do, that's another loss. Yes, I mean like it's it, they they should really they're about five plays away from being. Uh, uh, winless in the season. So if you and take, those, what we're take looking, those two wins away, and what are they? What the two? What do you mean? Take the, those two wins away and make them losses. What are they? Um, yeah, exactly. They're, they're what? They're, they're five hundred, right? Right. There's the Lions. Right. Well, the, yeah, that, that's the thing. There's the Lions. The, the the Giants are terrible. 
You know what I mean? Like, but here, but my point, this is this is where all the frustration comes in because when you have all the fans saying that they were the worst five and one team, you have all the pundits in the in the national media, in the local media, at your local bar, wherever it is, talking about this is this is the worst five and one team I ever seen. Well, think about the fact that now. All of the frustration of pretty much like 95% of the games that, that they did win, you get 95% of the game where they're down. They can't do anything. Right, because they're playing from behind every now, game. Now I'm sitting Except here, the last one. all the frustration. And you know you know me. Both y'all know me when I'm talking about the Bears. I'm optimistic. I'm like, give, give Nagy a chance. Give Pace a chance. Give Trubisky a chance. I'm fed up. Chances are done. I'm fed up because now I'm looking at the fact that we watched them almost blow every game this season and the fact that they just – completely got decimated this game all of that frustration of all them games they barely won is all boiled over right now and that's how i feel this is not going to fly with the saints this is not going to fly with the titans this no. is not going to fly with the packers or the texans because the texans can still pull up points they're a horrible team but they can still put up points well how, what do we do where do we go from here yeah well well you're going to be confused again next week because the bears are going to come out and beat the saints this is what I'm talking about. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's too erratic of a team. Like, next week, they'll do some things that work, and everybody will be like, oh, maybe maybe we do have something here. It's just inconsistent. You know what I mean? Like, and that's the name of the game, man. Like, since uh, Pace has come to town, they've done just enough to pacify the fan base, man. Like, holy cow, I don't want to get fired. Let me go trade for Khalil Mack. That'll, that'll buy me some time. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, you have to build football teams from the inside out. And I don't know any other way where you're going to have any success, man. Like, you can't keep patchworking this offensive line. It's dudes on the offensive line that we know can't play. Right. Why are they still here? Like, why the whole right side of the offensive line is terrible. It's, <laughs> it's just warm bodies at this point. And, and it's just like... There's no players. You got cap room. You don't see this. We we have a trade deadline coming up. You don't see this. Like there are ways to get better and get better in a hurry. I need some guys that at least give me the flexibility to run a simple power play. Like we can't. I mean, if you're not if you're not calling Dallas right now and saying, "Hey, can we get some of those good offensive linemen?" You know, the last last couple you got left. Yeah, whoever you got, man, send them over. Because uh, I'm I'm it's pathetic. We're talking about the the projects. We're talking about the gadget players. You're looking at, like I said, Rashad Coward. I'm looking at Patterson. I'm looking yeah. at like frustration here. This is driving me crazy. We need to stop. Ginn? Why is Ginn in the game? He's we, scared to touch the ball. Well, yeah. I mean, well, he's also 157 years old. Like, I am so tired of projects. I want a finished product. Nagy is a project himself. Pace is a Bingo. project. Yes. Bingo. Trubisky is a project. Yes. Every aspect, every layer of this team is a, pros- uh, a project. Hey, man, this isn't this isn't painting with Bob Ross where you mess up. You're like, oh, we'll just make it birds. Put, put we'll a make little, it birds. Put a little tree in the corner there. Yeah, it's not working. Yeah, we'll make it birds. I, all the tr- all the, I can consume all the trees I want, and it won't make this <laughs> team any better, okay? So, which I right. just, it's just a very unfortunate circumstance that is what we all thought all along. Like, man, we have to get something in place because you don't want to waste this type of a defense. Like, you have a you have a very small window with this group of guys. Yes. yes and, they, and they're right. wasting it, man. Like, you, you had an opportunity yeah. to go and get Cam Newton. You could, you could go and get Bridgewater. Like, 
you don't go out in free agency and tell Bridgewater, hey, uh, we'd like to sign you, but you have to compete with Mitch. No, you go out and say... And then give it to yeah. Foles. And, and then, then give, it, give, it, to and then give it to Foles. It makes no sense. Bro, that's what I, I that's what I said. I was literally today going back and listening to some of our old shows, and we're talking. What I say? Why? Why in the world? If you're gonna let uh, let Mitch only have ten quarters of football, and you knew that you were gonna give it to Foles, why you, start there? Why, why didn't you at least pursue someone else? Why didn't you just let Mitch go? You can you could have signed Cam Newton. You could have signed. You could have still got Foles if you wanted to. You could have signed Bridgewater. Let these let these guys compete. If you're gonna do that, I would have happened with if they would have signed Bridgewater and signed Cam with that minimum, right? And let them do duke it out. And guess what? Right. Either one of them was way better than the quarterbacks we have right now. All day long, man. I mean, you have an opportunity to go get Teddy Bridgewater, man. If nothing else, that dude is steady. You don't you you don't yes, right. you don't tell this man that you have to beat out Mitch Trubisky. He's thinking in his mind, <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I can beat him in my sleep. But that's what I'm saying is that when you look at how bad Mitch is, there's no reason Bridgewater shouldn't have been able to beat him. He's that's not the point. The point is, you saw what I did to you guys when I came right. into your it's a, house. It's a slap in the face, and and mm-hmm. and, and kicked you guys in the lower region. Right. You know what I'm saying? On prime time, like bro, it's, it's you. He like you know my work. You see, Mitch. I'm not even finna basically, come. <laughs> I'm not competing with t- nobody. What you're telling me is that in one in one hand I got a Snickers bar, and the other hand I got candy corn. You trying to tell me these are both candy? Exactly. No, they're not. Right. <laughs> That's right. All right. So Foles was was 28 for 40 with 260 261 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions. Right. Um. I don't think we want Foles in his house anymore. <laughs> Sorry, bro. You you got to go. You, you got to go home. You ain't got to go home, but you can't stay here, bro. I got nope. an interesting perspective when it comes to Nick Foles, right? Okay. Matt Nagy's so terrible of a play caller and a coach that I don't even know if Nick Foles is truly sucking it up. Like, you're looking at, no. you're yeah. looking at personnel groupings that are putting this guy at a disadvantage. You get in the red zone, and now here he goes. Time to get cute. Let's take all of our best weapons out of the game. There's no commit. There's no Jimmy right. Graham. Let's take all of our best <laughs> right. guys in the red zone out. Those two guys should be on on, on every down, every play. Yeah, and guess that I'm looking. See, we nor- here's the thing. We normally write down pretty much what we want to say. Yes. I mean, I mean, yes. especially me because I will go on a rant and every topic, and I will sit here and and I'm very disciplined. And I'm very cautious about what I'm going to say. Do it because that man, we need that. Right? We need that right now. But I'm going to tell you, I'm literally writing notes in a, in a notebook like it's 1972. These are my notes. Hicks undisciplined. Gibson not catching the interception. Mac over pursuing because they can't they can't figure it out because they're making him uh, look foolish because they're doing one thing and he has to go the other way. Nagy a problem. Personnel a problem. Run game is trash. Where is Komet and Graham? Five wins, that's frustrating because we're looking at how bad those five wins look. Maggie has no creativity. He's predictable, and McVay is younger and smarter, and he made him look like a fool. McVay was... He had McVay a was the genius. He had a clinic out there on bunching up receivers, Yep, creating space for his quarterback. Timing was there. He, he caught Buster's screen off guard in that one play. Oh, my. Oh, my goodness. All right, so I have two good things that I did see. Two the good Mooney, 
can is a great route runner, and he got overthrown. So that's not that's not on him, but he that's, was and more that's, that's not on Foles either. That's no, on the line. That's on the line. That's on the line because that's, because when he threw that, one of them was they, on the line. No, that overthrow to Mooney when he was down the left side of the field when it when he overthrew him. That's when because, he was wide open because he had to throw the ball so early because the, because what about the other one was out of bounds. That's fine. I'm talking about this particular play. No, I don't know what you're talking about where he had him beat. That was a, every, that was a, that, was a six that one is whatever to me because every every quarterback we watch Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, everyone throw over, overthrows someone sometimes, yeah. especially on deep passes. But that particular play that I'm talking about I on the left about, side, yeah, he, that he, was because of the pressure and because right. the offensive his, line is so bad. He is his feet weren't set and he had to right. rush and throw it. I get that. All right, Komet, this boy bro, can catch, can play. Bro. He can play. Put him on every single play. Make him your number two receiver, your number three receiver. Mm-hmm. Scheme him open. What do you say, Will? Uh, I mean, it's, this this stuff is all elementary, man. I feel like I could walk in <laughs> Hallis Hall right now, tell Matt Nagy step aside and come up with a game plan that'll be more effective. I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but man, fundamentals always work in the National Football League. He's gotten every single time. He's gotten so far away from the fundamentals. Like I'm not even seeing like staples, man. Like we can't we can't line up in the high formation and get a half a yard. We can't we can't uh, run a simple bootleg and scheme Cole Command open in the red zone or Jimmy Graham. Like you watching other teams Will, do this same stuff every week with less talent. Every with less single talent. week. Well, let me ask you a question, man. How how many years did you play football? Man, all my all my life coaching and playing, man. Right. So, right. So you so you you are experienced in being around the game. I'm I'm a big boy, but I never played anything but street ball. I've coached, and I'm going to tell you right now. I had I had a co-ed <laughs> elementary school. Right. I had six running plays, six passing plays, and oh my, but, but this is one this of the plays had to one of the out of the one of the downs. It had to be what's considered a girl play, where the girl had to either pass the ball or run the ball. This Guess is, what? I made my girl one of the best players because I was not going to be predictable. I was not going to be like, oh, we're just going to hand the ball off to, to the girl and get one yard. No, that's not happening. She's going to throw for a 15-yard pass, and we're going to get a touchdown. The, the the point of bringing that up in the first place yeah. Go ahead. was that Will been playing his whole life. Yes. Two boobs like you and me didn't play any any organized football, and we could see this. Why can't Nagy, who was a quarterback his whole life, why boobs. can't he see this? Yeah, well, ain't nothing wrong with boobs. I'll tell you exactly why. Because, uh, because ego, that's why. He wants to be the smartest guy in the room. He thinks that he can outsmart other teams' game plans by getting cute. And what he doesn't realize is that you don't have the personnel to get cute. You don't have no exactly. Not enough. There, Not there's enough. no Tyreek Hill. There's no Patrick Mahomes. There's no Travis Kelce. There's no Le'Veon and Edward Tiller. That like you don't have all of these guys, bro. He didn't run the ball over there, anyways. <laughs> it, it, exactly. They didn't run the ball he, over there. So here, here's the, here's my thing about Nagy. Number one, he. He's not seasoned enough. He no, look, not at all. He needed way more time. He needed a couple years of of being offensive coordinator. He he almost the, the here's the problem is that if you rise to the ranks too quick, all of a sudden your doo doo don't smell too bad to you, and it smells like roses all the time. So now you're trying to push that doo doo off on everyone else, and they can smell how bad it is. So when you're over here sitting here trying to give us garbage and tell us it's it's you know it's caviar or whatever you want to say, 
we can't accept that because we can see it for what it really is. You got to season that garbage, put some salt on it, make it taste good, okay? <laughs> you didn't have enough time to get that going. That's the problem, okay? Number two, well, like I said, I'm listening to earlier episodes, right? Yeah. And I'm just trying to go through notes so we're all on the same page. One of the things that, that we were talking about, we were talking about the quarterback situation that Nagy has. And, Will, one of the things that, that you had said was that Nagy deserves the chance to pick his own quarterback through the draft. Now, when we're looking at this right now, we're looking at the little bit of success that he had with Trubisky, the, the little bit of success that he had with Foles. Do you still believe that Nagy deserves a chance to get another quarterback? Uh, I feel like every head coach that, that has his own system deserves to draft and develop his guy or at least be able to identify a top-level free agent. You know what I mean? Like, you, you, right. you looked at the options. Like, that's what I'm saying. I, I was just baffled. And that, and honestly, I'm going to say, I'm going to go ahead and say this. Ryan Pace has done Matt Nagy no favors. No, not at so, all. His, his best drafting has been past the fourth round. Yeah. Anything earlier than that has but, been nothing but garbage. Even in free agency, but, but, he has done Matt Nagy no favors because. No, not at all. The, the, see, and this is why I say it always goes back to ego because at the end of the day, we knew what Mitch Trubisky was. You know, mm-hmm. after year two, you know, in Nagy's system, we knew what it was. Like, okay, either he's going to have to redesign an entire offense around this kid or it's going to end pretty bad. You know what I mean? And instead of saying, you know what, let's let's cut our losses and let's go out and get a real quarterback that can run this RPO system the right way. Right. You tell every free agent that's available – they, they got to compete. That with they got to compete with Mitch. The only guy to say yes to that <laughs> is, is is the 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 the, the you know the and the, the everyday relief pitcher, Nick Foles, because that's what he is. <laughs> he's a relief pitcher. Agreed. Yes. He yeah. He's the seventh. He's the seventh inning setup man. Yeah, but so, he's getting used too much, and his arm is dead. So let, let me let me let me interrupt you a little bit quick. So there was a comment made by Greasy. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! yeah. Yes, I, know, yes, I, know, yes. I, know, I know you wanted to talk about. I'm, I'm itching right. on that one. So there was a so these commentators talk to the coach. They'll talk to an offensive player. They'll talk to a defensive player prior to the game the day before. There's conversation. There's no mics. Mm-mm. There is no cameras. These are conversations between football analysts, football former players, and football current players. I got it pulled up right here now, and, and I want you to read it. Oh, I in am. a second. Oh, I, I, know. I can't wait. So. Foles discloses a little bit too much to a national media. And then when he brings it up in the game and lets the cat out of the bag, uh-huh. per se. Now everyone's got a backpedal. Now everybody's got a backpedal on the post conference because they asked Nagy about it. And he's like, oh, me and me and Foles have a great relationship and we talk about stuff. And I don't think that's that's not like him. Right. Read that for me, bro. So, So this is what... Brian Greasy said on the broadcast, this is what Brian Greasy said on the broadcast that Nick Foles said to him. He goes, we were talking to Nick Foles yesterday, and he said, you know, sometimes play calls come in, and I know that I don't have enough time to execute that play call. I'm the one out there getting hit. Sometimes the guy calling the plays, Matt Nagy, he doesn't know how much time there is back there. What? He's got two seconds. What? He's got two seconds. 2.3 seconds is what they timed it. What? What'd you say, Il? 
there's an unwritten rule, man. That if I, if I, <laughs> and Greasy, Greasy was a quarterback for the damn Bears. Right, he should not expose them if like I that. If I give you, if I give you some some tea like that, man, you can't blow up the spot on me like that, man. But man. I'm, I'm gonna tell you, man. Like just being in the locker room and and hearing reporters come in and you know hearing certain players say, "Hey, you better not publish this," you know what I'm saying? Or I. You got to say it's off the record, yeah, right? Off, you know, off the record. This, this, yeah, this, that, and the third. You can't, you can't, you can't reveal that, man. And uh, Greasy, Greasy's trying to make his name bigger. That's what that, happened. That, I think you know what yeah, it is. Yeah, he's definitely that. That's that, that, that's, that's part of it because it's, it's his at, first year as a Monday Night Football yeah, analyst. That, that's looking out for number one. That's what. Yeah, that is. that's definitely looking out for number and, one. And he probably has. I would say Greasy probably has some frustration left over from his days of playing for the Bears. To the same damn quarterback. <laughs> I mean, he was he was he was Rex's backup when they went to the Super That's Bowl. That's what I'm and, saying. Uh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. They're the same damn quarterback. They've been journeymen that end up nowhere. So all right, let, let, let's let's simmer down now. Let's simmer down now. Okay. <laughs> now I'm running out of uh, you this, know beverages. I, I, yeah, man. <laughs> I heard I heard that crack. <laughs> so listen. I mean, I think this is this is a pretty predictable thing that's about to happen right now. Mm-hmm. But but Will, give me your grades. Give me your offense, defense, and, and coaching grades. <laughs> if he's anything like me as a teacher, holy. Let me tell you what, offense gets incomplete. <laughs> that's exactly what I was going to say. Offense gets incomplete, man. Like, oh, that God. Ain't no, they didn't show that ain't up. no offense, man. That's, hey. They, they get an Incomplete, e. man. <laughs> yeah, incomplete. Uh, defense. I'm gonna give the defense a C minus, man, because the game was close. Like they kept the game yeah. close, man. It's like they did. How many final score twenty four to three? How much do you want the defense to keep you in the game? We going in the half 10-3 after all the red zone right. turnovers, after all the the just all the exotic Bad stuff. Field that position, they, all that. Like after a while, the Bears adjusted to all the the razzle dazzle. It's just yep. that. When they keep, they get so many opportunities to keep doing it, you're going to get tired, and then you're going to you know it's lose just, focus and get undisciplined because you're like you can't say this to the media, but you're like man, right. this crappy offense. I can't even go over there and get a cup of Gatorade. I can't even set my yeah. helmet down or buckle my chin strap because soon as I'm high five uh, Chuck Pagano, turn around. <laughs> You see Nick Foles and them running off the field. Like, what are y'all doing here? You you can't you can't have you can't have Khalil Mack on the sideline. I'll dry mouthed and everything like that. <laughs> he's like, bro, I need oxygen and a drink. Hey, What's happening right he's now? He's got white stuff right, around his mouth. Right, he got the, the, the white corners over there. He get double teamed. Come on, bro. Chip, he he's still making it happen, and then he goes with a sore back, mind you. He goes to have a right. seat. Like, yeah, yeah, we stopped him that time, and as soon as he looks up, here comes Nick Foles. Well. Got to stop him again. Oh, yeah, and it's a short come field. On. Like, come on, man. Like, right. they're wasting this defense, and it's a shame. Still C-minus, man. It is, it because is. They... So what? Yeah. your coaching, what's your coaching grade? <laughs> that, that's got to be incomplete, too. That's got to no, be incomplete. No, 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 no. No, no there's, no, because, there's because, no incomplete no, on that coaching Nagy? I, No, hell yeah. I need a letter grade on this because I'll tell you what. Nagy, at this point, if you continue, what's the definition of Man, insanity? Put that kid in detention. No, what is the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different yes, result? exactly. And Maggie, every week, just like Will said, every week with his damn ego, I can do it, I can do it. I mean, he's basically, when Jay Cutler used to try to throw into them tight windows because he had a strong arm, that's what Nagy's doing. 
He's trying to force it down there. It ain't working. There's no incomplete I gotta, there because I you're putting effort in. I got a letter grade Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. don't stand for failure. It stands for fire. <laughs> Please. Get out of here, bro. I'm fr- frustrated. Get out of here. Yeah, the Bears, got, the Bears got hoodwinked by hiring Nagy way too early. See, He's hurt, see I mean, and this so, is what I've been saying for years. See, this is what happens when you you think, oh, we're Chicago Bears. We're uh, Papa Bear Hallis and Bronco Nagurski and Dick Buckus, and you should be happy rawr. to be here. No. Bear down. You, 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 yeah. you blew it by letting Bruce Arians get away. Oh and my goodness! I said yes. this when that happened. Like you don't let Bruce Arians leave here, and he's not your coach. I, I just—it's just <laughs> they had they had him in the building, and they they didn't execute. Give me real quick. I need. I, I just want. Give me like thirty seconds here. Nagy as a coach, Trubisky as a quarterback. Are can they be salvaged in the NFL? Uh yeah yeah absolutely uh. You look at Baker Mayfield in uh, in Cleveland. Ooh, I'd rather not. <laughs> Mitch Trubisky is better than that dude. Mistake by the lake. Mitch Trubisky is better than that dude. You could take Mitch Trubisky, and you could put him with the right type of quarterback with a right with a good running game, and that dude with a solid defense would go out and, and compete every year. Like I feel like if you took I feel like if you took Mitch. And went back into Family Matters and put him in that machine that made Urkel, Stefan Urkel. <laughs> that Mitch would be dope. Like, think about think about if you're Mitch Trubisky, though, right? You come to a city with a tough media and a history of just laying the egg and picking quarterbacks, right? And then they pair you with John Fox and his regime. Strike one. Oh boy. Then strike two. They give you. They pass you off to Matt Nagy, this uh, pseudo offensive genius. Who uh literally just milked it off of Andy Reid's success? Yes. Yep. Let's 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 be real about Nagy, even as yep. a player. He's not he's not ready. C- he's not ready. Trubisky wasn't ready. Pace wasn't ready. It's all projects. All project stuff, man. So if you, I thought I, the I thought the projects in the city were over. Like they they it's <laughs> like the Edens. It's, yeah, it's always they, getting they, me under they, construction. Right. Yeah. They knock they knocked them down. They put some else in there, and and I mean. So, real quick, let me get your predictions for this game against the Saints, man. What do you think is going to happen? Bears will be at home. They're going to fool everybody in the city again. The Bears are going to come out and win like 23 to 20. And then Nagy will be like, see, I told you so. And then the, the, the yeah. defense and, is going to here, And here's the thing. Fluff, man. The Saints, the Saints are going to the Saints are gonna be missing Michael Thomas, just like the Lions were missing uh, Galladay, just like the, the Falcons were missing uh, Julio Jones, just like every time they got to play a good team or a team with a decent offense that they sit there and they get luck because they don't have to play the best player. And yep. that's what's going to happen again. I, I disagree with both of y'all. I think they lose 34-20. Ooh, we. Yeah. I say. Saints don't play well here. I will say this. Drew Brees is washed. Yes. Yes. He's old. He's, he's showing Right it. before he's our eyes, he is washed. Yeah. He is rinsed, and he is hung out to dry. He is washed. <laughs> and, and, and this is actually a matchup where if you can't push the ball down the field, then you make these guys one-dimensional. And... There you go. The Bears have uh, an opportunity 
to to make Drew Brees look extremely washed next week. All right. All right, Will. Great stuff as always. Thanks for uh, coming on and uh, airing your grievances with us, bro. That's right. All right, everybody. That is our Bears analyst, Ill Brown. Check him out every week for his Bears expertise. And don't forget to check out his podcast, Beat the Block, available on all major platforms. Thanks, Will. Stanley says peace, y'all. That's what's up. Appreciate <laughs> it, brother. Down, baby. is the first anime manga company to feature characters of color bringing a level of flair and authenticity to the genre as a whole with influences ranging from Japanese manga and animation western comics, streetwear hip-hop and various forms of cinema Noir has created a unique style that can be appreciated by the masses check out noircesar.com for more information Welcome back to the True Chicago Sports Fans Podcast with E-Rock and Big Z. We are here with Ozzie Guillen Jr. Let's continue our chat here. So uh, we talked about the phone call. Yeah. Uh, and you said you already alluded that, you know, that you were already aware of the phone call that happened by the time presser happened. Um, well, it's, 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 yeah, like I, I knew that Ozzy said, hey, Jerry called me. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be the manager. Okay. Ricky just got fired. I said, oh, whoa, what? And <laughs> I said, wait, 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 what? wait a minute, what just happened? <laughs> uh, wait, don't say, don't say anything. Um, you know, they're going to announce it, uh, but I'm not the manager. Okay. I said, okay, let me call you back. And, but that's, I didn't, I don't know, I didn't know details till afterwards, but it was, you know, Jerry, we talked to Jerry always try to keep two things separated. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a lot of respect for Jerry Reinsdorf, regardless of, of if Ozzy's managing the team or not, you know, he's somebody that we, I, I hold personally to a very high standard, uh, very high in my life mentor. Um, I have, he was in my wedding. I have a picture of him, myself and my dad in my office. Beautiful. Um, so I, I have a lot of love for Jim. No, that's that's fantastic. I mean, to have someone like that in your life, I mean, it, it's it's nice that you guys are still be you're still able to kind of have Take that the communication. Personal and business Correct. be separate, Correct. you know, church and state kind of thing. There you go, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so where I was going with that is like, you you're, you're finding it out from from senior. Uh, he lets you know. He says, okay, you can't you can't disclose this. They're going to make this announcement. But if you can. Uh, can you disclose what what was what, what were you guys feeling? What were you guys expressing to each other when? What was the reaction? Yeah, what was the reaction? Pretty much when you know Ozzy's telling a senior's telling you, "Hey, this is what happened." Uh, even though you might have been or n- excited to maybe be the possible candidate, I think there was a sense I, I could feel it in him, and he was sad the rest of the time. A, a sense of disappointment, okay. you know, because. We always, we always used to joke around that we always thought that he was. They thought that, that he was the right guy. Mm-hmm. So for them to for them to part ways with him, and it was like, oh wow, they parting ways with him because they think that you know Ozzy might be the option. That's the first thing that pops up into your head right. before all the other stuff comes into it. Because that's the first thing when you see the team, uh, you see where the relationship had gone. That's the first thing you think about is like, you know, not many teams. Again, it's hard for us because we see that the. We see the game from like inside Ozzy's family, and then we see it as like the outside. Mm-hmm. You know, not many teams out there can say the guy, the third best manager in our history, is alive and lives, you know, 15 minutes away from the state. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, uh, so, so I thought that you know maybe there was a chance, but I it right away said it's not me. It was a good conversation. It's not at the right time, um, 
and they said it was, I said, okay, are you fine? He said, yeah. He said, the only thing, I think that the only thing that, I think that the part that then it kicks in, and that's the part we talked about it later is, this is not good because if the White Sox don't want to interview you, okay, mm-hmm. and you've got this team a ring. Right. Okay. Like, where's the respect in saying, you know what, let's just no, not, 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 not with the, no, no, not with the white, not respect with the White Sox. That's, it's like, how do you, how are you going to be perceived in the rest of the league? Right. Yes. That if you're not the guy well, for the that's White what Sox. I'm saying. If he could have been interviewed at least for the White Sox and, you know, they, they could, they could have had it already in their mind. Ozzy's not going to be the guy, but at least they, they so interviewed so, so I can get whole, to another interview with another team. I think the biggest, I think one of the things that if I, and we've talked about this is, you know, Ozzy, Ozzy people don't realize how much Ozzy brought value to the organization, not only on the field, but off the field. Yes. Guys that he was involved in signing, guys that he was with in trades, guys that he said, this is the type of guy we got to go get. Um, guys that he told them that wouldn't make it, okay. that didn't make oh, it, wow. even before they, oh yeah. And that's, that's what it starts is Ozzy's very, Ozzy's going to tell you the truth. This guy's good. This guy's not good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah, he, uh, he, doesn't, doesn't mean, he doesn't hold much back. Well, not only not hold back, he looks at the numbers and he says, he doesn't have to look at a, a, a string. A, a, he doesn't have to look. Maybe I have to look at the numbers to, to back up my belief. Mm-hmm. He has a talent that says that he can tell you that, yeah, this guy's not going to be good. This guy's not going to be good. Okay. Right. okay? And, and, he, and he was right lots and lots of times. So I think that the, not having him there as a value, I think it's a detriment. Like it's, it's a negative because he is a big baseball person. Again, I know that it's hard for them to, but Ozzy's always joked around, like, you know, if, if, if Jim Tomey was a manager, I'd be Jimmy's bench coach. So make sure that he doesn't mess up. That's true. You know, mm-hmm. if, if so-and-so was a manager, I'd be the third base coach. So to make sure he doesn't mess up. Ozzy loves the White Sox that much mm-hmm. that he would do that for them. Maybe not somebody, he wouldn't do it for Ricky. He wouldn't be Ricky's bench coach. <laughs> yeah, no. but I'm saying for somebody else, you know, for somebody for, else, for that, that he would, he would, he, no, I'm saying like, I, again, <laughs> but that's the relationship. So, I think for him, it was like, man, I think I'm never going to manage Major League Baseball again. And when you look around the league and you're like, if there was like a bunch of studs, you would say, okay, I can't manage anymore. But when you look around, you're like, these guys are not very good. Yeah, okay? there's a lot of so managers out there. That that are, yeah, they're, they can't pull their weight. Correct. So now, well, and, they, and they use the word, and they use now the word analytics, like you won't connect with them. That's BS. Like, it's BS because it's, it's just information. It's just better information. Right. So again... I think I think that there was no bad. I think it was like a, a a kind of like oh man, like a little bit of hope, but then that hope is cut off, mm-hmm. and then it's like I don't want to deal with it because he was upset. It's like I don't want to talk about it anymore. Yeah. Right. And then the part that really hurts him, I'm not going to be honest. If Ozzy loses the job, in my personal opinion, okay. my personal, if Ozzy loses to Tony Larusa, he'll probably drink a bottle of champagne that night. You know what? I'll buy it for him because 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 of this because you're losing. You're losing to Tony La Russa. Yeah. Okay? Uh, a legendary coach, legendary manager. You're, like, like, man, you got you lost a job to Tony La Russa. It's like, like, okay. It's Who's like been out of the Tony game for Maddie's 10 years, right. right? Yeah, you know, like the guy's like, the, and, and, Ozzie, and Ozzie looks up to Tony in a big way. Like, he was his manager when he was a rookie. Right, right, like, right. Ozzie has a special respect for Tony. If Ozzie goes and loses this to AJ Hinge, and I'm going to say his name, he's going to be so disappointed because... Ozzy tried to do everything so right in his game, in his life, in the game of baseball. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about outside of baseball. Right. In the game of baseball, that for someone to be considered before him that just came off a suspension is for like, cheating. it's going to hurt him a lot. For cheating. For cheating, yeah. correct. For him, he's going to be like, man, I should have cheated in 2008. Maybe we would have another ring. Maybe I'd be a Hall of Famer. Maybe I should have cheated in 2010. 
You know, yeah. if we talk about this all the time because of steroids, we're like, Dad, maybe you would have done steroids, you would have played longer. And he's like, yeah, but then I couldn't sleep at night because I, what happened if somebody came out and said that, you know, would call me out on it mm. and I couldn't, like, rebuttal. So those are all things that you talk about. So when it, talk, when it comes to that, I think that's the part that hurts him the most. Like, if, he, if they went and, went and hired, you know, Carlos, Carlos Mendoza from the Yankees, he'd be like, okay, cool, you know, they want a younger guy or they went and got, you know, somebody that was Sandy like a, one of the minor league guys. Yeah, anybody, Sandy Alomar. It's like, okay, cool. If I think if the manager happens to be that individual, I think it's going to hurt more. I think as a family, it's going to hurt more, even though I've been saying, you know, and, and Alex is a family friend that's, again, I, people are confused about it because I'm like, Alex was a coach mm-hmm. on a staff that cheated. Mm-hmm. He wasn't the cheater in Boston. Totally different. Right. Okay. Because you're the boss. It's like a, it's like a organized crime. Right. The boss says what's going to happen. Yeah. And, 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 and with AJ and I can't wait if he is a manager, remember the press conference, he lied about the, in the press conference was making fun of the Yankees saying we didn't cheat. Yeah. <laughs> We're just good. And he would like, so you obviously didn't feel that guilty about it because you wouldn't even have addressed it. So, I think if he ends up being the manager, I think that for maybe 10 seconds, you're going to be like, damn, that's, that's not fun. That's kind of, that's not fun. And it's, it's a conversation that I'm glad that my kids are not old enough that I want to say, yes, son, grandpa lost a job to somebody that did something wrong, but it's okay. You know, uh, because we're old enough that we can handle it and we can, you know, that's life, Mm -hmm. but that's the type of situation will be very, very hard. Um, But yeah, so I think that's a, and again, whoever they go with, it's going to be their guy. It's going to be who they think it's going to be the best guy. That part of the thing, I don't, I, I don't, I could, I have my opinion on like who, who I think a guy might work or not work. Um, but I think that that part from an Aussie and an Aussie perspective, I'm glad that they said that he wasn't the guy right away because it didn't bring up his hopes and everybody else's. That's true. So I got, I got two things here for you. And I, I think I kind of know your answer on the second part, but now that we're kind of getting into that, that territory, I do want to ask you who you think the next manager of the White Sox should be. And two, on a scale of one to ten, what is Ozzy's desire to manage again in the MLB? Ozzy's desire? The White Sox or just in general? Just, just in, uh, what you know, on a scale of one to ten, <laughs> what, uh, like I said, I, oh, I think I know, yeah, a exactly. Uh, no, a, a ten, because I think that when you have that competitiveness, okay, Ozzy, two years into the league, he was called the genius he was called all these things, and now he's dumb because he has broken English. Like, he can't read numbers. Like, the guy, all he knows is baseball, and only baseball numbers. Right. I think he's really, really good at it. So I, I think I think from a manager's perspective, okay, I'm going to give it two ways. If you hire A.J. Hinch because you think he is, his future, is, he has a very big future, like you're hiring a first-year manager, mm-hmm. then he's the right guy to hire. But don't tell me you're hiring AJ Hinch because he was good where he was at, okay? Because that's tainted with. I'm sorry. Yeah, yep. That means you did not yeah, do a good job. Had you in the clubhouse, you did not do a good job. Um, again, they used to give you the analytics, which is my part that I'm scared is because Houston's analytics department amazing compared to the White Sox. Yes. Just that's it. Is so the information that you're feeding him is like what kind of information? So how good is he? If you're hiring him for future potential, I respect that. I, I don't agree when people are saying, again, I can understand because they've never talked to Tony LaRusa. Tony LaRusa is probably one of the sharpest people out there right now at his age. The guy's in top shape. His baseball mind is super sharp at this moment. If you think that Tony LaRusa cannot read a spreadsheet and talk about analytics, you're completely nuts. So do you th- Why? Do you think that LaRusa should this be the manager? Then? Analytics before, well, I'm not saying he should be or not should be. I think that if, Tony, if you go with Tony, 
because you think that he's the guy that's going to get you there. People are saying he's not the guy. Why is he not the guy? Uh, Tony invented, Tony's the reason they started looking into analytics. Right. Mm-hmm. He said, hmm, what happened if I shortened the game to six innings? And people are like, you'll never understand three inning bullpen. I'm like, what? Three batter bullpen. I'm like, what are you talking? I'm like, Tony wrote the book on this. Yeah. So for to say that he's too old or that he won't understand the numbers is you guys are crazy. So, so that's not like my that's not my concern with Tony because I know he's a baseball genius. My concern is, you know, he's super, super, super duper old school. Mm-hmm. And with, you know, with the new flashy players, you know, with Tim Anderson bat flipping and, uh, you okay, know. Okay, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll give you. The White Sox cannot talk about old school because they drilled the guy on purpose because he bat flipped. No. I know that, but I'm just saying, how can you, okay. but will Tony be this is, a good this is a different, spot this is, for Yes, he will. You know why? Okay. He's going to make them winners. Why? Because there's a place and a time, okay, on when to do something. Okay. And you teach your players, if you act a certain way, you have to let the other opponent do the same way. Mm-hmm. It's like growing okay. up, it's like a, it's like a point of how you grew up in baseball, like, of what's expected, okay? Like, if you're going to do something, you have to wait for them to do it back to you, mm-hmm. okay? Like, for I'll give you an example. When A.J. Brzezinski used to say certain things to other teams, <laughs> you'd say, hey, he's your teammate. If you guys don't tell him to be quiet, you guys better be able to handle what they tell us, right? okay? And that's the game that we play. So I think that with Tony, Tony is not going to sugarcoat things, okay? I think Tony might be an issue because Tony might make somebody cry, okay? I <laughs> love this. Who's in a crowd? Well, I mean, like, so, and again, that's, that's a part where I look at guys like Tony and Ozzy. It's not about the analytics. It's about Tony's going to say, dude, get off your, get off, stop crying and play. Mm-hmm, right. Okay. That's a type of, that's a situation where, you know, we've made such a big deal about this stupid bat flip. I'm being serious. Like the White Sox went and ran with it with the marketing mm-hmm. and like, it's a big deal. Who cares? Okay. Mm-hmm. It, it, they should talk about this guy as a batting champion. It was a meaningless home run against a meaningless team in a meaningless situation. Okay. And then Wilson Contreras did it to them. And they drilled him. Okay. And that's, again, that's when you look at like this team needed a grow, needed to grow up. Yeah. Okay. Agreed. In that aspect. But I think that that comes with the respect of the manager. I think, I think when you look at the manager in the dugout, okay. Do they respect the manager that they're going to do something that their manager is going to say, Oh man. So do fans want a bat flipping contest? If, you, if fans <laughs> want players to just do whatever, just make Tim Anderson a player manager or bring somebody from the minor leagues and let the players do whatever they want. If you think a team can win without discipline mm-hmm. and with doing whatever they want to do, I don't care how good your analytics are, you're not going to win. Why? Because you need to bunt the guy over. You need to run the guy. You need to play as a team between catcher and pitcher. You need to do that. And there's this team right now, okay, is real fun when they're exciting and it's really good when they're fun and they're dancing and they're doing the high five. But we saw what it looked like when they're not winning. Yeah. Okay. No, no, no Danny really Lemnick. That's really why. <laughs> no dancing for dubs anymore. Correct. That's what and happened. It's really creepy. And really, so teams that teams that are very up and down. Mm-hmm. Okay. They need somebody to step in and say this is a leadership. Like right now, this is the greatest team on earth. Next year, the White Sox lose the first twenty games. We'll see how that clubhouse handles right, that. Okay, right. between Especially the guys young that love Ricky and the guys that got Ricky out of there. Right. So again, th- that this is like a learning curve of like what you take to the next level because just because you've you've had success in the big leagues doesn't mean that you're a big leader, veteran, a veteran guy. Okay, right. so how do you how do you take that to the next level? I think that Tony, I don't think that Tony's a detriment to that culture. Again, if you're going to get political 
and you're going to talk about taking a knee and not taking a knee and what guys are going to be allowed to do. Mm-hmm. That's, that's for each team to do that. Again, Ozzy Guillen used to have everybody. His only thing was, I need guys to be in the, in the line on time for the national anthem. Yeah. I don't care if you sit on your head. This is before all this political stuff. Mm-hmm. That was his rule. Everybody respected. I don't know how that would be taken into now. He just liked everybody being out there, ready to play. Right. Not because of the national anthem, but he wanted everybody ready to play that at that moment. Um, I don't know how they would change. So if that's the route the fans are going, but I don't think you can hate on Tony for being too old or, or too old school. By the way, everybody in baseball is old school, okay? When guys are, are doing that sort of thing, there's people in the dugout that cringe. Mm, okay? yeah. Not everybody's Trevor Bauer. Not everybody's Tim Anderson. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not everybody's Tatis. on Twitter. Again, so there's there's guys that cringe about it and say, and again, Wilson Contreras, the reason Wilson Contreras did what he did was to test them, yeah. okay? He was like, I'm going to see how big, how how cool you guys think you are. I'm going to flip this to the moon. He and he did took it the wrong way. So sure did. I get, and, that, and, that's, and that's the baseball, and that's baseball, okay? And I think that you're not going to change, no matter what analytics say, no matter what players, you're always going to have competitors, and you're going to have people there. So I don't think he's a detriment. I don't. Um, I think that he, regardless if they pick him or AJ, whatever route they go, I do think this from a White Sox fan's perspective. Okay. I think if they do sign Tony La Russa, I think the White Sox spend money. I think if the White Sox go AJ Hange and analytical, I don't think you have to open up the book. Mm, okay. Oh, you're okay. here first. Well, because because if you're getting hired, if you're AJ Hange, you're taking the job with whatever team they give you. Right. You want back in. Right. If you're Tony's like, oh, okay, by the way, if I take this job, yeah, I need this, this, is this, this is what I want. Yeah. Right. All right, let's uh, especially at his level. Let's switch gears here know. and let's talk about your show, Being Gian. Tell us about the origin of the show. Oh, being Gian, um, it originated because there was a show on La Vida Baseball uh, called the Azekian Junior Show, uh-huh. which I was like, I'm great. This is funny. But I always kept having my brothers and my dad as um, and as like, you know, co-hosting and being my guest. And I said, it's more fun when we're like all together talking baseball. Right. Okay. And we there's a lot of arguing in our family amongst baseball philosophies. <laughs> what we think. You know, a lot of people talk about accounting. Their dads are accountants. A lot of people talk about that our family baseball is what we you know live and breathe mm-hmm. you know we're talking baseball consistently um and that's something that you know it might be different to other people but that's all we talk about because that's the only thing we all have in common our love for the game and and how we view the game so we say you know what let's have fun with it let's get on and, and let's bring it from a from a, a perspective of having fun and talking about the game mm-hmm. and showing like that side of our family and, and it's been great um, again, people don't like the messengers, but the message is good. We just try to give you a perspective of when you sat in Ozzy's seat for that long and play Major League Baseball for that long, what you were commenting is actually stuff that players are thinking about. Right. I've been around the game my whole life. So we know when guys are making comments or things happen, like what's the might be a little backstory to that mm-hmm. because players are not going to change. So we try to bring that, kind of have fun with it, uh, kind of give an insight on what our family is like and talk baseball, man. We love talking baseball. That's our passion. And it's been great. It's been living on Levita's baseball platform. They created it. Um, it's amazing. Um, we we you know we we make fun of Ozzy's English. Uh, we try to show <laughs> a little bit of his time. genius. <laughs> we do. You know, it's really hard. Ozzy's never had an official English class. His only teacher was John Crock back in the minor oh, leagues. Boy, wow. And 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 when you think about it, you know, Ozzy's job, other than managing the game, was to do pre and post game with the media every single day. Okay. That's a lot of media time. Right. So for the amount of blowups and whatnot, it wasn't that bad. And now, now he works in the game yeah. doing the pre and post. So we're like, 
you do have a really good job. Like you've talked to the media a lot that imagine if like your English was perfect, and, but it's funny because then he's like, well, then I still wouldn't be fake. And I'm like, I know you wouldn't. So it's just from our, from our point is a, a, a sense of admiration. Okay. And from my dad's point is like, this is super cool where we're from for me to be able to do a baseball show with my kids and talk baseball and, 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 and get in deep discussions because um, that's what we do. And it's, and it's really funny. And you get to see a little bit of, you know, every kind of everyone's personalities and my kids are always on it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. It's, it's great. Uh, it's a good time. And I think you'll get really good baseball uh, information and just a little bit different than the, you know, wins and losses. Yeah, I mean, and it's really, really awesome to see that you're able to kind of have this, you know, family show where you guys can showcase not just Ozzy Sr., but you guys, you know, his sons and his and his grandkids and all that stuff, and that's that's really cool. Why don't you, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about the, the things that you're doing over at the uh, Ozzy Guillen Foundation? Oh, so the Ozzy Guillen Foundation, we had like a rebrand relaunching. Um, we're trying to partner up right now uh, with the city of Chicago, mm-hmm. the state of Illinois, to really push for for education and really push for for ability to be able to get into the workforce, okay? Um, our story behind that is basically that Ozzy Guillen is somebody that has no high school degree, mm-hmm. okay? English is a second language, but because of his habits of being able to get up every day and work and follow very simple, direct um, mindset, he's been able to accomplish himself. You know, he, he was a player and then he kind of converted into coaching and then he converted himself into a managing and now converted himself into a, a TV personality. It's like, how do you change those? How do you use those skill sets to change in the workforce where you need to be at? We really think that you fix poverty and you fix a lot of social issues by people having purpose and people having um, income. Yeah. Okay. Because mm-hmm. sometimes we, we are forced to do things in our life because of the income that we are in. Um, makes you make decisions that you might regret later in life. So we really feel like we wanted to bring that to Chicago. And then the other part is I'm a recovering, uh, I'm in recovery myself, uh, an addiction recovery. Mine was for alcohol, but whatever your DOC is. And my parents were really, you know, they were really eye open during the whole process of it. And we were of like, you know, we always thought it was a big taboo. So that's another part of like in in our community and Latino community. And just in general, a lot of people are very, uh, are very scared to talk about addiction mm-hmm. and mental health. Right. And because you look a certain way or you're a certain person, they won't talk about it. So we, we really want to bring down the stigma of there is hope, there is recovery. You shouldn't be embarrassed. You didn't do anything wrong as a family. Right. It is a personal choice, but you could get better. So we try to embody this all with the Ozzie Guillen Foundation. We have the website. Um, we partner up with like what we just did right now with Goose Island. They created the Aussie burger, which is super cool. Ozzy's had a lot of really cool things. He's got an Aussie burger. Um, when you go to Goose Island on Clyborne and you order the burger, which is really tasty, that money goes to our foundation and, and, and we help. And that's something that we want to keep growing because, you know, we love Venezuela where we come from, but Chicago is home to us. Mm-hmm. Um, Chicago opened up their ar- her arms to us from day one. And no matter what happens in our future, this is where we're from. You know, um, Team Chicago is what I like to call it because, you know, we've been a lot of places. We've had a lot of choices to live in a lot of places, but we picked Chicago. And for good or for bad, it's our responsibility to make it better. And, you know, we've we've been in, we sleep with both sides of the aisle. Okay. People always say, oh, you, you know, you, you support this alderman or you do this. We're like, we support everybody who's got great ideas. You guys are just straight up Chicago. And really wants to help the community. You guys are just Chicago Yeah, just Chicago. Like, 
if Lori Lightfoot says tomorrow we need Ozzie Guillen's face because this campaign is going to help out 5,000 you know, needed families, we will be there. Amazing. Regardless Amazing. of what we believe of her views, just like if we would for you know, uh, the future you know, mayor of Chicago or in the state of Illinois. We just want to be able to use his personality because sometimes you know, someone would not connect to that movement because they don't know about right. it, but they'll think, oh, if Ozzy's doing it, that's super cool. And, and it helps out, man. Ozzy's, you know, Ozzy's Latino. Ozzy's been in Chicago a long time. He's seen this city change. But it's also a glue. It's also a glue that you brings everybody together. And regardless of, regardless of where you stand politically, we want to make the foundation about helping people. Right. You know, where you're at, where you're at, sometimes, you know, someone just needs a little bit of help to get to that next level. Um, because hard times don't last forever, but sometimes you need a hand. So that's what the foundation is all about. Yeah. All right, man. Listen, uh, before we let you go, we close out every show with this segment we have, and it's called Stirring the Pot. Uh, we will go back and forth. This is our food segment. Exactly. exactly. He's stirring the pot on the, on the video, guys. Um, so this is where me and Z will argue over a food topic. We've done fun things in the past like uh, blue Doritos or red Doritos. We argued if a hot dog was a sandwich. Uh, last week we talked about uh, candy corn. Candy corn. <laughs> we both, yeah, exactly. exactly. That's one of the few topics we've actually agreed on. But today, since we have you here, we will talk about Baseball stadium food. Oh boy! Now you got to pick one. Okay, y'all ready? I'm ready. You know the what? The Chicago the Chicago White Sox have not been good at a lot of things in their life. They're very good at one thing, and that's the food. That's the food. <laughs> that's the food at the ballpark. Yeah. Well, this is this- it's always been amazing. The best hot dog, okay? The kosher hot dog at the cell at Comiskey Park, whatever you want to call yeah. it, is one of the best. Okay. Great food, great selection. This is why. This is why it's it's unfair to the Cubs, okay? <laughs> Love it. Baseball food has yeah. always been horrendous. I'm saying though, no, baseball food has always been I horrendous haven't even in baseball. Asked the question yet. I haven't even got to ask my question, but I love it already. No, the Chicago White Sox. No, because here in Chicago, it's not fair. The Chicago White Sox invested a lot in food, maybe because our team was bad, well, and that was a way to get people you're in. You're trying to draw people. You're trying to draw the crowd. Don't keep up with the people there. Maybe 10, 15 years. No, I'm saying though, maybe 10, 15 years. Why? Because when you go to the cell, maybe you're not just drinking. Yeah. I feel like the Cubs on that hand, they're actually getting way better. They're more old school. They were like, we don't care what we're serving. This is a hot dog ticket or leave right. it. But I think the Chicago White Sox were the first team that I used to go visit everywhere that had just really good food all around. Okay. I think now it's expected. Like, you know, now you go to Philadelphia, you got, you know, Philly cheesesteaks and you got, you know, in Tampa, you got Cuban sandwiches. Mm-hmm. And it's just part of like, it's part of like the going to the stadium, mm-hmm. eating part of that food. San Diego has amazing tacos. Uh, so I think, you know what's the most underrated thing, though? Most White Sox fans don't know about. And I think it's the best ticket in the stadium. Okay. Um, actually, the Cubs are just way more expensive, but they're, they're, <laughs> the Cubs section in the outfield to have like the food cooked in the outfield, uh, the private party, that's really cool. But the White Sox is actually very, very affordable is the patio. Okay. Oh yeah! Oh yeah, my so God! Forty bucks. Free game. Yes. Forty bucks. Drink. Going to the going to eat as much fried chicken as you want. Ribs. With cheeseburgers with the Bertucci yes, cheese the out in the yeah. patio. We do that a lot. When, when we do the rooftops, the that's one of the things, things that we do. That's probably one of the best things food wise that I've ever been a part of. And again, I've been. I'll give you the most the the, the craziest one I've been. I got to eat lunch, lunch slash dinner at the at the VIP club 
right behind home plate for the New York Yankees. Mm-hmm. And that was, again, I'm not going to lie. I got the ticket for free. They had some extras. We went. I was with my mother. And it was, like, it was like brand new. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, it was like we were, like, in a five-star restaurant. Mm. And I heard the one in the Cubs was actually really good. So I've had that experience. And I'm like, man, this is how the other half lives. Like, this is crazy. Like, <laughs> if, I, if I had watched a game like this every day, I'd be weighing 700 pounds. But you know what? Food is great. So I let, do think this. So let's wipe I all that great food well. away from your memory. We're going to start from scratch. <laughs> because because, because I, I don't want any bias here. Yeah, because okay. I, I right. have my own opinion. We're talking about, like, let's let's take it back to, like, 1982, old school baseball. Okay. Where, you know, okay. we're talking about, like, like regular old school hot dogs. We're talking about okay. regular, like, regular, like, dirt on the floor, the most basic old style or PBR at the, at the park. Just, 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 gar- <laughs> just garbage. Food, you know what I mean? Like, just the trash food. All right. We'll go back. We're not talking about the okay. fancy stuff with the truffle oil and all this, you know, nonsense and everything okay. like that. So what do you got? What do you got? What do you got? Number one, you got to pick one stadium food. Gotcha. Basic stadium food. Not the fancy stuff we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. You got to pick between peanuts or a hot dog. I'm taking a oh, hot, hot dog every day. Hot dog. You're both wrong. Hot dog. You're both you know wrong. What? There's a special taste. You're, you're both wrong. Uh, I'm going to tell you why. Hold up. Hold up. <laughs> Hold up. No, you, you're not going to dominate me on this one. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you why I'm picking peanuts. Why? When you're nervous, what do you do? I don't know, drink. You fidget. And so you why, are you nervous? Nervous? why are you nervous? Why are you nervous? Because I'm watching a damn game. You, you know why Ozzy's nervous? Because he's a Cub fan. Oh, stop it. <laughs> but this, is, this, this is my point. This is my point. Is that right. When you're nervous and you're fidgety, you're looking for something to snack on. You're looking for something. So when you sit in your house and you're watching a, when we're watching a Bears game, yeah. you just kill the whole a whole bag of chicharrones right now. That's we? right. Yeah, yeah. Right, the whole bag from start to finish. I cracked that sucker open like third quarter. We finished it, okay? But who doesn't like chicharrones? But that's my point is that you <laughs> sit there and you fit but you understand what i'm saying you fidget you have something to kind of calm your mind stuff like that so you keep cracking that peanut you throw a peanut you crack a peanut you throw it if i have a hot dog that hot dog you're swallowing that hot dog like you're you know you're you're getting paid to do it under a bridge i I agree no no i i agree when it comes to food like that you know what's funny though you said that this year in spring training i went to a state i'm not going to disclose where i don't want to hate but they didn't have any peanuts in the state that's weird that's super and I weird. said, what kind of baseball game is yes. this? I was like, you, I don't care if they don't sell, you still have them there, just like the program. Yes, right. yes. I don't care if you never sell one program, the program guy needs to stand there and tell me, program, right. program, I don't care if nobody stops and buys it for you. That's your job. You see, and that's that's my whole here. thing here is when I talk about peanuts or hot dogs. Like I know we talked before. Mm-hmm. We talked about Jimmy's. We talked yes. about Gene and Jews. We talked yes. about all these old school, pl- old school places where yes, the hot dog is associated with the ballpark. Yes, but where, the, where smell, else? The smell of the hot dog. Oh, sometimes right. I walk into the same. I smell that hot dog. But, but what I'm it saying, brings back memories. But what I'm saying is, you walk into Jimmy's, you walk into Gene and Jews, you walk yes. into Taylor Street, wherever it is you like to go eat your hot dogs. Where else in your life are you sitting around and eating shelled peanuts or taking a shot at a peanut? You understand what I'm saying? No, like that's, you couldn't assume. Nowhere. That's Nowhere. what I'm saying. Yeah. Unless you go to Texas Roadhouse and they're, <laughs> they're on the floor. And they're on the floor. But that's and, what and I'm saying. What other place? And the players are eating it too, which right. is very ironic because right. the players are also eating peanuts. That's what I'm saying. So you, it, you know, peanuts, peanuts and seeds. Yeah, seeds, right. So that's why yeah, I'm going the, with the peanuts. Mm-hmm. That's why I go with the peanuts. I, I agree. You know which one's an, under, an underdog that most that I associate with baseball and don't eat it anywhere else mm. except at a baseball game? Cracker Jacks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I agree with you there. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't eat, I've never eaten a Cracker Jack anywhere. Right. I don't think anywhere else. Period. I mean, it's in Take Me Out to the Ballgame. I game. associate yeah. baseball with Cracker right. Jack. And that's yeah. what I'm saying. And that, yeah, that's why it's put into the and, song. And guess what they put in Cracker Jack? 
Peanuts. Peanuts. That's right, baby. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, y'all, y'all argue my point for me. No, that, no, you know what? It's a very it's a very you're you're very honest because I'm a big sunflower seed guy. Again, yeah. I, I went through my phase of tobacco. It is what it is, but if I do go to the stadium, like I won't go and buy that type of food to eat at home. But if I'm exactly. at the game, yes. I'm buying I'm buying a bag. Right. Okay. Right. And I'm sharing. You know what I mean? And that's you that's know, just... it's just like you're buying your own bag and you're... so regardless of that, I think that I always go to the stadium and I do buy a bag. There you go. Regardless of where I'm at the stadium. It's something that I have. I love scorekeeping. So I think yes. that now that yes, you said exactly. that, I think that with scorekeeping, it goes hand in hand. Hey, guess what? Cubs fan wins again. Bam! Oh, relax. No. Here we go. <laughs> All right, everybody. That was Ozzy Gian Jr. Tell us fans what the where they can find your show. Tell the fans where you can so find the show. So the show lives yes. on social media. It's on at La Vida Baseball um, on all Instagram, Facebook, at La Vida Baseball. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Ogeen Jr. Um, we shared our page, Being Gian, um, but it's a show that's on demand. If you're on YouTube and you just want to check out baseball content, go to La Vida Baseball, and all our content will be there. Um, it, it's everything, man, from the history of the game. And one thing that people don't understand is the show is not in Spanish. Okay. We try to feature uh, players that are not usually the top guys to get featured. Mm-hmm. Okay? Our focus was, you know, everybody knows how good Mike Trout is, but we want to know, like, who are the next up-and-coming Mike Trout? Right. We want to shed a light on the stories of the players that are coming in and, and, and performing. So we want to show, like, the whole player. A uh, huge social media uh, following, meaning we follow the players and what they're doing in social media. We try to get to see what the players are doing outside. And then if a player is Latino – we like to interview them in their native language, and then we translate it to English with the words in the bottom exactly. of the subtitles. So we just want to we just want to be able to uh, you know get away from the the gambling, the wins and losses, and really show like what the fans are feeling and what the players are feeling. That's that's the story, and it's been a great play so far. Hopefully, you guys enjoy. I do. I enjoy it. I enjoy it every week. Um, yeah, I've seen, yeah, seen uh, Friday's episode, which is amazing. Um, but thanks so much. Uh, we look forward to having you again on the show, and uh, we'll see you soon, brother. Oh, thank you for having me. And yes, for the Bean Keen show, the show is not about the Chicago White Sox. No, it's not. Okay. It's, it's just baseball. It's not about the Chicago Cubs. It's just baseball. No, because we get mad. Like, we're on the show. People are like, is the show supposed to be about the White Sox? No, it's not. And vice versa. It's a good baseball show for everybody that wants to get in. Again, how many places do you get the inside scoop on a World Series winning man? That's, awesome. That's right. That's, That's awesome. right. All right, guys. We appreciate you so much for being here. Thank you, Jens. No, thank All you. Right. Thank you. Well, thank you, guys. All right. Take care. Thank you. All right, y'all, that's it for today. Thank you for listening. Thanks to our sponsors, Noir Caesar, Villain Radio Studios, and Grit Clothing Company. Don't forget to check out gritclothingco.com and use our promo code TRUEFAN15 for 15% off your entire order. Thanks to our Bears analyst, Il Brown. Don't forget to check out his podcast, Beat the Block, which is available on all major platforms. Shout out to Ronesh. Our producer, Jay Soto. Shout out to Mike Logic and Ideal from the All Net Podcast, whose show will return soon after a brief hiatus. And big shout out to our special guest, Ozzy Guillen Jr. Don't forget to check out his show, Being Guillen, on LaVidaBaseball.com. Check us out on social media. You can find us at True Shy Fans on Twitter. That's True CHI Fans. And on TikTok. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, and reach out to us on our email. We want to hear from you. Reach us at truechicagosportsfans at gmail.com. And one last thing I do want to mention, shout out to my little buddy Cheetos, our cat that was with us for 15 years. 
we went to Kitty Cat Heaven this week. You know, it's always hard to lose a member of the family, and we will miss him dearly. All right, y'all, for Big Z, this is E-Rock. We'll see you next week for episode 17, where our guest will be Tom Geiger to talk about some of the recent Blackhawks news. And until then, be good to each other. For the love of sport. Yeah. Oh, man. Go ground. Go cat. Go cat. A few moments later. You have a lot of incest. That's real. Shut your mouth. Lover boy. Nature versus nurture, Lodge. Nature always wins. I think he's on steroids. Hasta luego, amigos. Show's over, show's over, show's over.